while your day is winding down, they're just getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day, from local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard, to listen, and where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Before criticizing some uh, campaign lit, um, <laughs> I'll tell you this: Sean Oliver is working. Y- yeah, no, he is. Yeah, yeah. I graduated with Sean Oliver. Did you really? From Bedford High School. Yeah. No kidding. Yep. And his his father was his father was the uh, the headmaster. Oh, Joe Oliver. Is that his father or uncle? I don't I know. I think it was his uncle. Okay, because he said his dad ran for city council a couple times too when he was a kid. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, so you graduated with him? I graduated with him. Yep, two thousand one. My only criticism is. The back good of his guy. card is too hard to read. The yeah, print no, that's is too the criticism. Small. The, the rest of it's pretty small. good. Uh, the back yeah. of the card is it's, it's a little bit. It's just a lot. Red People and white is t- always appreciated in New Bedford. What is Whalers covers? Whalers colors, oh, yeah. Red and white. Yep. Yeah, but the good picture of him. Too much in the back. I can't. Read I can't it. read a master's thesis when and, I'm getting my and direct the print's mail. too small. I can't it's read too that. small. Yeah, yeah, and the voters, the voters that are voting, can't read that either. That's true. But. He's out there working. He is working. All right, so we're here with uh, state representative. Such a busy day today here on South Coast tonight. Really, I know I got two of you in all studio. Dignitaries. Yeah. All dignitaries. And I all, thought all this, dignitaries. I thought this was going to be a Christmas themed. We. So that's why I'm here. I was going to do it. Is that see, why you dressed? Any, in I don't like, see any Santa was, suits. He's so, wearing no a Santa candy. suit. Folks. So I was. I, I had. <laughs> Yeah, so here's the thing. I was going to do, like, all right, let's do a holiday special, but then kind of the news of the week. You can call it Christmas. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> or Hanukkah. I was going to do a Kwanzaa special. Right, there you go. <laughs> and I, no, I was going to do a holiday special, and then the news of the week just kind of took took the segment, took the took the show over, and so I kind of had to go in a different direction. Plus, we already had Santa in. We did have Santa. We had Santa. Oh, we had uh, Santa. yeah. We had we had Santa on Friday. Was he nice to you? He was very nice. He was nice. Yeah, he very was cool. Nice. It's the first time I've seen you in person in a while, Chris. It's it good, is really good to be here and see you. Thank you. Honestly, nice to be alive. Thanks. Right. So, Chris, you got back. Uh, you were in Boston today. Yes. The last two days, we've had on the Judiciary Committee some oversight hearings. Uh, Which which is what? What would you do? So basically in 2018, the legislature, if you remember, passed the the 2018 Criminal Justice Reform Act. Okay. And by and large, that just required a lot of um, there was there was a lot of stuff with juvenile justice in there. Um, But we were focusing on a lot of the data reporting um, relative to violence, relative to suicides in the prisons. Um, We were stonewalled today and yesterday by EOPS, the executive office 
of, of public, uh, public safety. safety. Insecurity, I think it is. Sure. And uh, DOR, they stonewalled us, so the administration didn't come. Uh, there was a good article in the Commonwealth Magazine website about that today. Sure. Um, they did the same thing today. Um, but fortunately, we had about four or five sheriffs come in. Um, Norfolk, Middlesex, Dukes, uh, Hampton. Um, and so, you know, they, they did a great job uh, at explaining, you know, obviously there are some issues um, with reporting that they haven't, the, the implementation of the 2018 law has been lacking as far as data reporting. So, so what data were you looking for the state won't give you? Uh, violence uh, occurrences on, on not only the inmates, but also COs. Okay. So, okay. so today we will focus on CO welfare, CO safety, and I and I, if you recall, I, I do workers' comp, and I've represented hundreds of COs before. I I don't do them now because it's, it would be a conflict. For people right. don't know, you're a workers' comp attorney. Yes. Yeah. Um, and so I'm very familiar with with the injuries, the the type of mental stress that those those guys and girls deal with. Um, uh, and so so it was good to hear from them. Um, hopefully, you know they they all. Um, pretty much uh, wanted to let us know that they're going to do their best, you know, to implement those those, or, or to uh, follow that 2018 data reporting um, stuff. And so there's been, there was some stonewalling and there's been some, um, it, it could be implemented a little better. And so hopefully, you know, moving into the next year, the new administration will be a little more forthcoming about how they're going to address all these issues. But, but, but I will give a shout out to the sheriffs who were here today, uh, in the state house today. Um, and it was really good for them to come in. They were there for like two and a half hours talking with us. So those, uh, those hearings can go on for a while, right? They can. And typically those are, you know, the legislative hearings when we go over a, you know, a cluster of bills, those can, those can take 12 hours. Yeah. And, um, I've done those in person, at the state house, and I did them last year, you know, remotely. And it, wherever you are, it's not fun. Yeah. Um, but it's important. Um, and so, uh, but today was an, was an oversight hearing, so we we expected that not to go very long. But it still went, you know, four and a half hours today. So, so you were hearing from the sheriffs on violence in their in their facilities, or violence in the facilities? Okay. Correct. Yeah, and what their plans are, um, how they deal with mental health issues, okay, um, solitary confinement, restricted um, um, housing, things of that nature. And certainly, we learned a lot about that from this past election. Yes, right. We talked a lot about it. Yeah. So you had the sheriffs down to talk about, and not only violence amongst inmates, but violence on corrections offices. Correct. Okay. Um, and so, you know, we just want to make sure that. Look, look, being a CEO is a tough job. Yes. It is a very tough, and you don't really, people don't realize it um, because, you yeah, know. Because we haven't been in jail. <laughs> right, well, right. well, that speaks speak for yourself. yourself. <laughs> but, um, so, you know, it's, it, it's, for someone looking on the outside, looking in, it can say, oh, everyone's locked up. It's fine. You just have to be there. It, it, it's not. It, right. it is, it, it's, it's hell in, on some days. So, um, I was really anxious to hear on how they're treating their employees after an incident, a physical incident, but also the mental stress. Okay. Um, and so they, they, you know, they have some, um, you know, they have plans. They have um, a, a critical response team to come in for physical injuries and for mental health. Right. Um, which, uh, from what I'm told, you know, a decade ago would never happened. Right. And so nowadays, the 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 sheriffs are more amenable for those folks coming in and helping their staff uh, work through those. I've learned from I've learned from Hang Turgeon the term, it's okay to not be okay. Right, right. That the police are doing that now, just admitting, look, this was a big deal. I got I got to deal with it. Right. It's okay not to be okay. And you're saying that that's maybe how the corrections officers start. Yeah, to feel, we just right? we just want that that um, that feeling to be in in the houses of correction. 
Um, and so th- for these uh, employees to feel safe and feel like that, it's o- like you said, it's okay to, to feel lousy and it's okay to seek help. Right. Because, it, and, I, and I made the point today with, with my questioning, which was, you know, through the chairperson, but it was my question about workers' comp, how they deal with mental stress workers' comp. Don't just deny the claims, work with them, try to get them back, get them back to work. Right. Get them in, you know, get them healed. Because a lot of those things, a lot of the, the mental stress is, it comes and goes. It, it, it's it's temporary a lot of the times. Okay. So so it's workable. Yes. Um. So it, it's just good that moving forward that the Judiciary Committee is going to have an eye on, on how, how we handle those issues. Excellent. We're speaking with a representative, a state representative, um, Chris Hendricks. He sits on the Judiciary Committee. Uh, so, Chris, um, going forward, uh, you know, there's going to be the reintroduction of the dangerousness bill. I know you were opposed to it. Um, has there been any negotiations or re- reworking of that legislation to make it more palatable? As far no, not since um, we had that uh, issue with the governor. Yeah, um, I would expect next. Well, they, someone will probably file something akin to yeah. the dangerous bill. Because Baker's um, gone. Baker won't be there. Um, but but we'll see. I know on the Senate side, they were certainly uh, open to to putting something s- similar, a watered-down version of that bill through yeah. what they did. Um, but we just never got a chance to, to vote on it. Um, and so, as you remember, he the, the governor tied that to the prison, while we're on the subject of prisons, prison right, yeah. reform, uh, the prison calls. Yes. Um, and so... Um, yeah, you know we'll have to see. Some, like I said, someone will probably file a similar bill. Yeah, um, but the judiciary committees, you know, we want more open. reasons to hold people without bail. But at least they can make phone calls. Is what he was basically yeah. saying. Right, <laughs> right, right, yeah. right. right. Um, so, so time will time will have to uh, you know we'll have to wait and see on that. So, um, so the prison phone call issue for me as someone, um, I think that that's important to make sure prisoners have the ability to make phone calls. Quite frankly, yeah, so do I. And I've. I've known some people, who, as we all have, who've been, who've been in in prison, particularly in the federal system. It's incredibly expensive to make. I know you don't make say over that, but if well, you know, I, I, I do. They do. They do. They do. Right. They over do have a say over it. No, the federal system. Oh, the federal system. The federal system. Yeah. No, I'm sorry. Yeah. The in the federal system, I know it's extraordinarily expensive. Um, but explain for people who not who've never been incarcerated. Is it expensive at the local level? So it's it, it's very expensive okay, at, at the that. state level. So right now, most of at least Bristol County, um, they they outsource subcontract their to secure phone, it. phone calls. Um, Hear that name in my sleep. And so in the, and then so that's a commission based arrangement. And mm-hmm. so that just by design will lead to to higher prison calls. You know, some guys paying twenty thirty dollars for a call. Um, but for how long? All right, so twenty thirty dollars. How much time is that? I don't know an exact breakdown of okay. what Oh, I do. do you, I do. Yeah, yeah. I, I so recall. it's like, it's usually like, so it can cost that much. It can cost like eight bucks, but typically it's like, from my understanding, I, I've been out of practice for a while, probably about 20 minutes, but then it's like, after that, it's an extra, like a couple dollars, like a dollar or so per minute. It can't equal like 30 bucks a phone call if you if you stay on too long. I know from doing this job that when I've gotten calls, I was much more cognizant of the cost. Because of, not, you know, having had this conversation. Not to mention when you get called, and I used to get these calls all the time. When you get called, their, um, their, their sort of like voice, like their, their, the voice uh, automated guy 
uh, is wicked annoying. He's like, uh, this is security. And then he has to go through this whole diatribe. Yes. And so you have to sit there before you can even get started, right? And then sometimes you, you pay and you set up an account. Sometimes you pay. And then sometimes the person hangs up because they get impatient and you just paid for nothing. Like, right. it's it's incredibly stupid. And and frankly, it, it, it should be illegal. It's predatory at the end it's of It's predatory. Day. Well, you know, exactly. It, it's, it's predatory. I mean, the charges are. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, it's easy to say prisoners don't deserve, you know, a phone call, you know. That's yeah, yeah. It's, it's, up. it's easy to say that. Yeah, but yeah. but when, you, when you look at the policy behind it, having um, folks who are incarcerated for, mis- you know, a simple mistake they made in their life, um, it, usually they're in jail because of a substance abuse problem. So there, there are many instances where these folks need to be rehabilitated to make – our society a better place when they come out. We, yeah. we we have an incentive to make sure these folks come out with skills, come out with uh, resources, and, and aren't just um, alone in this world and going back to a, a either a life of crime or or a life that was on track for for a life of. Crime. Not only that, um, it's 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 uh, not only that. Um, uh, it's like actually proven that uh, consistent outside contact with your family and supports makes you less likely to reoffend. So. Yeah. Plus, all those calls are, are still monitored, so it's not like um, you know people are calling and you know for mm-hmm. you know for this and that. My, my, my issue, Chris, is that overcharging them for the cost of the call. I mean, it's just as you said, it, it, it it's it's unreasonable some of the money they're charging. Correct. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's just it's you can have the call, but you got to have the money to pay for it, and and it's a ridiculous amount of money, or it can be. Right. That's my issue with it. Not. You know, obviously people are entitled to phone calls. They should be able to make phone calls. But then to, to put this this highway that, with an exorbitant toll on is ridiculous. Yeah. So 508-996-0500. Good evening. Yes, uh, Marcus. I I need to give you a 411 before uh, time expires for me to talk to you. Uh, earlier today when Barry Richards was talking with Taylor... Uh-huh. He went off the air briefly, and the mailbox is still full. I could not get through on the business line, so I just want to give you the FYI. Okay. I'll, uh, I forwarded that to Tim before. I'll do that again. Thanks, Big Al. I appreciate it. All right. Please get back to your guest. I will. Thank you. Thank you. All right. I got to take actually take this break. I'll be right back. So, uh, welcome back. Do you guys remember who Teddy Ruxpin was? Yes, we you do. You do, all right. Yeah. So we're, Talking doll. We're here with... Um... <laughs> I wonder what it made the reference if it was too old. No, no, I got it. No, I got it. So we're here with Chris Hendricks. Uh, Chris, you have something. So yes. So the reason I'm really here is I love talking about judiciary uh, matters and, and, and the like. <laughs> you know, no, obviously I really do. But, um, but I... I'm here to give you a gift, Marcus, as you may or may not know. Yes. So uh, let me just tell the story real quick and why I got you. We don't typically. When we you better don't. have a story why you don't have a gift for me. <laughs> I know, I know. But we'll get to that. Um, we don't obviously exchange gifts, so it, it's a little odd. But I, I once you hear the story, you'll understand why I want to give it to you. Um, so a couple of years ago, um, or several years ago, probably around 2019, I was at Crazy Horse um, Antiques, which is right on the avenue in the north end. Um, it's in my district. I go there. I pop in every now and again because they have a lot of guitars there. A lot of used, old, you know, mostly junky, but you can get some good practice guitars there once in a while. So um, so I'm there. Uh, 2019, I see this guitar that's just marked up, signed by, you know, probably about 40, 45 people and with dates on it. 
So I'm looking at the names, and I they're obviously you know they're all Portuguese names, so it's like a, a local guitar. Okay. Um, that's so that's what I figured, um, and then I see some people that I know. I see a guy named George Paiva, right. who was um, well, I don't want to get into to who's who. I'll I'll continue on explaining the guitar. So it turns out that this guitar was sitting in a barber shop um, that was owned by the Piedad family. Yes. I don't know if that rings a bell. It does. I'm sure of for you it, it does. does. Yeah. Um, and so there was a, and I, I called around to a bunch of people this week and, uh, Maria Giesta, counselor Maria Giesta was, was great at giving me all the info that she could, she could get on this. Okay. So there was a barbershop in the North end that had a good, that was owned by Mr. Piedad, who was a guitarist, I take it. And so he, he would have he this yeah. guitar on the wall. And whenever someone who was waiting to get a haircut or they just got finished getting their haircut and they knew how to play the guitar, they would play it, you know, play a couple songs, and they would sign it. Um, and it's kind of a crappy, you know, classical acoustic, but it sounds good, you know, when it's tuned right and you get the fresh strings. Um, and so I guess from what I can tell, this barbershop was in business up until the early 2000s maybe based on the dates of the people signing it. Um, and so that's what I, you know, came to find out. Now, that barbershop is in the place that is currently – it's a, it's a gun shop, I believe. Now, is that okay. right? That's what I'm told. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think you know more yeah, than me. Yeah, it, it's it's a block south of where um, the the old bullpen is. Yeah. Um, and so, um, yeah, so that area was was where this barbershop was. And obviously, you go through the names, and you, you you see it's a local um, piece because of all the, and it's so cool. You know, and I I wrote down all the names and dates for you to to give to you, but obviously. One of the names that I saw was Jose Ferro, who signed this in March on March twenty third, nineteen eighty eight. Oh wow! Oh wow! So, Year before I was born. Yeah, yeah. So you weren't even this. This predates <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. Um, and so, from what I understand, that's your grandfather. It is. Okay. Yes. And was your grandfather friendly with the Piedad family? Very close. Yeah, they oh. were tight. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I used to play with Tony all the time. Yeah, yeah. and you, so your father was a guitarist or a bassist? Or, or, or? Uh, my, my grandfather played guitar. He played a lot of things, uh, actually, but I my memories of him was was playing guitar. Yeah. yeah. It's, so it's really cool. So he signed it right here. Oh, um, that's wild. That's man. amazing. It is. And there's a couple other names that I recognize. There's George Piva in particular. Yeah. I took guitar lessons. I've been playing, playing guitar my whole life since I was 10. But when I was 10, I took guitar lessons at Symphony Music Shop for three months. Yeah. So this is like 1993, and George Piva was my guitar teacher, and he's he he's kind of I don't want to say a local legend, but a lot yeah, of people no, who a lot of people who in bands know George. Yeah, um, he's a really talented musician. Um, still plays out when he can uh, these days, but he signed it on May 31st, 1984. So he must have been wow. a kid when he signed this thing. Right. Yeah. Um, so I just thought that was cool. You know, when I saw that name, I was like, oh, I got to get it. And then later on that day, I saw Pharaoh, and that's when I texted you a few years ago. Yes, I remember. I about this. Yeah. Um, so what I did was uh, I took it to, a couple weeks ago, I took it to Symphony Music Shop. I had them redo the strings, obviously. There was like a three strings on it. Um, I had them replace some hardware if they needed to. I don't even know if, if they needed to. Um, but it's a, you know, perfect, you know, you can play this guitar. It's playable. Yeah. Um, but it's certainly this is a piece you might want to just hang up and uh, 
have a cool story about. Um, and it's really cool to go through all the names. Tony Pacheco, um, John Arruda, Dick Arujo, Fernando Barreto. I could go all through all the names. I'm sure people listening know some of these these guys. And if anyone listening has any stories about that barbershop, that would be cool yeah. um, to hear. So I wanted to give this to you as a Christmas present, as a friend. I've, I've known you uh, since law school, and uh, I thought this would be really special to have in your, in your family. Chris, I really appreciate That's this so gift. much. Yeah, I know I really do. And actually, when you got it and you texted me, I was kind of pissed off because I wanted it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. I was like, man, I really want this. And this is absolutely amazing. My, my grandfather was uh, a very talented musician. He was a great guy. Uh, he had... Um, uh, he served in the... He served in the Feast. He actually got the Lifetime Achievement Award uh, one year for the Feast a, a, few, a couple years before uh, he had passed. He was well known, very well known in the community. Uh, actually, his wake was, I mean, it was four hours, and it was the most well-attended yeah. uh, service he, I think I've ever seen. When did he pass, Marcus? Uh, he, he, passed in, um, he passed in 2014, uh, actually, a couple months after that we graduated from law school. I think, oh. I believe it was August. His very last day uh, that he was alive, actually, he got to go to the Fairhaven Feast, which he was very um, integral in, and uh, he went with my dad. Uh, my dad's no longer with us uh, either. And um, he went with my dad, my mom, uh, and my aunt, uh, Rosemary. He had a casserole sandwich. He had an amazing day. Uh, and then, um, you know, we got to enjoy the feast one last time. And then he went home and he, and he passed away. That was the last day of his life. Wow. Um, wow. Yeah. So. Uh, you got to see you graduate law school. Then. He got to see yeah. me graduate law school. He was right. really actually adamant about uh, uh, being around for it. And um, he was like, this is, you know, I remember him talking to me about it and like what, how much it meant to him, how much it meant to the family. Cause I was the first lawyer in the family. So um, that's a real special he, thing. He's yeah. a really incredible guy. And I really appreciate having this. Um, I really do appreciate having this, uh, this, this memento that was left that has um, his, his inscription on it here. I can see it right here. So thanks so much, Chris. Of course it's, uh, you know, you deserve it. You know, something like that should belong to you guys. I really and, appreciate it. If you look it. in the top left, you'll see another name. Uh, the top left of the body. The top left? Your other left. Oh, I love it. I love it. Excellent. It's uh, Chris Hendricks, uh, 12, 21, 22. That's, nice. that's so, excellent. So I'm the last signatory on it. Just to, 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 in case you forget who gave you that. Of course. <laughs> nice. That's a, that's a very thoughtful gift. And, and, and Chris, um, yeah. I don't have a gift for you, but. I will say, if I'm ever in an antique shop <laughs> and there's some obscure item that was signed by one of your family members, right. I will pick it up that, and gift it to you. You know what? I, I believe you will do that. Yeah. I do I do believe you'll do that. Chris, uh, this really was amazing. I like I can't say enough about it, and I, I do appreciate it. Like I said, my grandfather was a great guy, um, and uh, a lot of people have really fond memories of him. Actually, uh, a few I was filling in. I mean, I was filling in. I was, I was flying solo one night, and a guy calls in. And says, uh, he, we're arguing about something. Okay. Then he calls in, a, uh, he doesn't agree with me politically. Then he calls in like an, uh, an hour later. He goes, wait, Pharaoh, is your, is your father <laughs> Joe Pharaoh? I'm like, he was. Is your grandfather Joe Pharaoh? I said, he was. He goes, oh, he goes, 
your grandfather was a great guy. Your family's great, and just knowing who you are, uh, what part of uh, what family that you're from, um, I might not think you're such a bad person. No, that's <laughs> nice. That's nice. Familiarity. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Nice. Uh, it's really excellent. So uh, again, Chris, I'm I'm eternally uh, eternally grateful for this. I, I got to find a spot uh, in my house where I can I am gonna I am gonna mount it. Um, so it's because it's definitely a, a, a display piece, and yeah. I, I really do appreciate it so much. So I think we good time to take a break. Let's yeah, take a break, yeah. and we'll, we'll we'll be right back. Fourteen twenty WBSM, where freedom of speech lives. Have your voice heard right now on South Coast tonight. Call 508-996-0500 or send an app chat message on the WBSM app. Now, back to Chris and Marcus. <laughs> so, um, that was amazing with, uh, with no, Chris. That's very I, I, nice. I really did appreciate that. Thank you so much, Chris Hendricks, for that. I, I, I'm like really excited about it. Chris Hendricks is a very thoughtful guy. Well, like I said, very when, nice, when I heard thoughtful. he got out, I was like pissed. I'm like, I wish I found that. I really texted me. I'm like, I wish I found that. And then... Uh, it turns out you didn't have to. It turns out I didn't have to. Because yeah. he got it and brought it, it to was, you. Yeah, it was really amazing. So, um, anyway, 508-996-0500 is... How you can get uh, on the program this evening? We had quite a busy show. So, Marcus, I, I want to go back to to, uh, to Shane Burgo. Yeah, um, I thought he was a very um, how do I put this? He was a refreshing, refreshing guy. He came in, shot from the hip. Yes, told us absolutely why he did what he did. Let the chips fall where they may. <laughs> yeah, I did really, I did really, um, I did really appreciate that because, uh, uh, you know, of course, when you're when you're preparing for an interview and you're talking about a controversial subject, you're like, okay, how am I going to get what I need from this guest? Right. Yes. And I didn't have to do that because he was very upfront. Like, this is. I thought that uh, he thought that Council Carney set this meeting up to spike certain nominations. He told us which nominations he wanted to spike, which right. ones he supported, right. right? And why he wanted to walk out so he could give them a chance. I, the whole thing was, I think, very upfront. Uh, I think very candid. And um, I, I give him a lot of credit for that. He's learned a lot in his first year mm -hmm. on the city council, which is what you want. Um, you want people who come in uh, and learn. He learned the rules. Yeah. And the rules are everything. And the rules are neutral. Yes, absolutely. The yeah. rules are the rules. Everyone can play by them. Yeah. He recognized he could stop the meeting by yes. leaving. <laughs> yeah. And then if, he, then if he stayed, because other councils didn't come, I think right. that's very important, Marcus. Yeah, yeah. It isn't merely because he left. Mm-hmm. The fact of the matter is there was a not enough counselors for a quorum if he left. Right. He already showed up to the meeting. Right. He was already there. Right. Um, you don't just have to sit there and lose. Right. You right. Don't. And yeah. that's, not a, that's not a realistic standard. He, he was making the same maneuver he thought that the other counselors were making on, the, on these particular votes. He said, okay, they're trying to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going right. to take that power away. Right. So. Um, I do think he made a lot of news by telling us he's going to vote for Linda Morad for mm. city council president. Yeah. Um, 
You and I are keeping a tally of where we think people are. Yes. On this. Um, yeah, because Ian uh, Abreu had come out strongly for Brad Markey. Um, when I talked to him a couple weeks ago, he had said he supports Brad Markey. He thinks he should get it. Uh, you know, he's been on the council long enough and he's a good guy. Right. And what we've now realized is at least two votes mm-hmm. are going Linda. At least two. At least right. two. Right? Yeah, because Shane committed his, and he believes Ryan Prayer will vote for Linda, too. And we know Linda's going to vote for herself. Of course Linda's right? going to vote for herself. So there's yeah. three votes. Yep. Right? Um, she needs six, right? Yes. So, and... Who are the other three? Who are the other three? Well, who could be the other three? Right. I mean, I don't know. We know it's not Ian, and we, we know, know it's, it's not, not Brad. We, right, we know it's not Ian, we know it's not Brad. Uh, we're not, I'm not sure about, I'm not sure. We're about, not sure about any of the others. I'm not sure about any of the others. Cause I haven't heard anything, uh, from, from any of the others. But the other thing that, and now I want to be sure, did he, if he told us this on the air or off the air, I think he told us on the air, but help me out here, Marcus. Did he tell us when off, was it on the air that he said when she asked him or was that off the air? Cause no. it was off the air. I don't. No, no, he said, uh, I'm, uh, uh, you know, the choice, he, he said that she asked him. On the air. On the air, yeah. On the air, she said, right as soon as he got elected, right? He did. All right, that, that's on the record. Yeah. So she's been in the hunt since right after the election. Yeah. Which means she probably knows where the other votes are. She's been on the hunt. Well, okay, let's be real. She's been on the hunt before the election. Why do you think she's yeah. being so nice to, to Shane and Ryan? Do you think it was altruistic, or do you think she knew she needed their votes? Oh, no, no. They're I, new I impressionable counselors that never worked with her before. Right. Because guess what? She won a council president last time. She didn't have the votes. She didn't have anywhere close to the votes. Right. But now there's two new counselors. So here's the thing. I mean, let's just be real about that. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's what we know that because Ian Abreu approached them as well. Yeah, right. And got their votes last yes. time around. Right, exactly. So, last time around, it was Brian Gomes right there at five yes. votes. Yeah, it was It was uh, Brian had five and Ian had six. Ian had six. No one, and I remember actually, I was at that meeting. Um, it was before we had this show happened. Um, I was at that meeting because I wanted to see how that vote would go. And uh, I knew exactly where all the votes were except for Derek Baptiste. So I was waiting to see where he would vote. And then when he voted, uh, when he said Abreu, because he said it before, he wasn't the last vote. When he said Abreu, I'm like, oh, Ian's got it. Right. <laughs> Ian's right. got it. So Dunn's not there anymore. Dunn's not there anymore. We Dunn don't would not vote for Linda. We know that. That's true. He would <laughs> not vote for her. He would not vote for her. He would have voted for Brad. He liked Brad. He liked Brad. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So that, that vote, we don't know who that's going to be. That is still a wide open race. Well, they're not going to. They're going to have to have the meeting. They're going to have to have the. They, so, Marcus, help explain. That. Yeah. So, so the 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 city council is going to get uh, going to have to vote for a new president in January. The preliminary isn't even until the end of January, so they don't even get through the preliminary before the, a new council president is picked. So, there's ten councilors deciding. If there's a gridlock, I don't know what's going to happen. You know. That's right, because there's an even number of because Dunn even number, is gone. Because Dunn's gone, so there's an even number of counselors here. There's an even number of counselors. There could be deadlocks. There could be deadlock. It could be a deadlock. It could be a deadlock. I don't know what's going to happen. In which because case, it, I don't know what happened. Because we're counting a very competitive race. Yeah. Right now, it's it, it's a competitive race. It could be. I, I mean, unless we unless unless people know where those other votes are. 
I, I, it could be a competitive race, right? So the, well, the reason, folks, that it, we're being caught by surprise here is we never would have guessed Shane would be voting for Lyndon Moritz. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Never. No, I didn't think so. Um, now it's a competitive race. Now it's competitive. It could be interesting like last time, you right. know. But um, let's take a break now. We'll, we'll be right back. The WBSM app is... Um, uh, I, I think John Mitchell might be joining me tomorrow for a little bit. Okay. Um, I, I haven't gotten co- hard confirmation on that yet, uh, but I know that... Um, one, one thing's interesting, Marcus, is that one thing that... Because there was so much news out of Shane, he was helping the mayor when, yeah. he, when he closed the meeting last night, which is not how I originally interpreted it. No, I, I agree. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Good evening, gentlemen. What's hey, up? what's going on? Hey, I want to take you guys in another direction, and it's something that's quite, I, I've questioned. Uh, and it's about the importance of your program. Uh, back to the sheriff's race. Okay. Do you think that if your program was not on, do you think Paul LaRue could have got introduced to the voters? As I actually don't did? think so. I'm going to be honest with you. I would like not to have that interpretation. <laughs> I know it's. A, I, I know it's. A I tough actually question. don't think I so. I know you guys like them, and I like them he, too. As far as uh, you know, the sheriff goes. But, well, he wouldn't but, have gotten uh, such early recognition. Mm-hmm. In the yeah. end, the, the billionaires from New York are going to put that money into the race, so he would have gotten that. In the end, that's not because of us. That's not because of us. But I think that I I think that he got I think he got name ID a lot quicker and a lot easier that because he got of, name ID show. with the people so who. Our, our opinion making. And I don't really like doing that, you know, but uh, like, oh, this is because of me. I, I And I'm not saying like I, it's because of me. I, I, I actually, a sheriff employee yelled at me, uh, said, you you got my, mm-hmm. you took out my sheriff. I'm like, I really didn't. I was I very fair got, to both of them. And I don't them. think you guys wanted to. No, really. no. You, I wasn't. No, I know you didn't. I, I was I was fair. To, I was fair to Sheriff Hodgson and, and Mayor Haro. Yeah, I think you guys were. But yeah. I, I think it shows, though, the influence that your program has well i appreciate that i appreciate that um i would say that um certainly i think we helped vote a turnout yeah um, particularly in the suburbs around here yeah um with the um in in the in the primaries yeah um because our, cause our our debate was very very well listened to yeah. yes yeah, yeah. absolutely absolutely yeah. yeah you know uh so i that that's always a question you know that puzzled me because you know, I I just wonder had the uh, Marcus McCarthy show not been on, would have Larue been introduced to voters? So I wouldn't know who the guy was. I, I had no idea. You know. So we also know that other members of the media listen to our program mm-hmm. and follow you know the the writings here at the station mm-hmm. um, and pick up what's going on in the greater New Bedford area. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, that, therefore, you can get... We we do put people on the radar screen. I do know that. No, no, yeah, no question. No yeah. question. But uh, in a way, it's, it's uh, you know, a, 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 a compliment that you guys have that much influence, although it's not... The, I don't think it was the... I mean, I think... I think the w, personal thing that you guys wanted. I, I you think know? WBSM has done a really good job yes. um, uh, setting the table for the local conversations. Not just me, but... 
you know, Bear, you like you know, Ber- Burgo talked about Burgo. Yeah, right. Burgo talked about how how Barry was uh, Barry was uh, laying into him pretty hard, and he heard he heard a lot of stuff about that, and and so um, you know, there's the Noah's Park thing that I I, actually, I absolutely think you'd be paying for parking at no uh, at Noah's if it right. wasn't for WBSM a hundred percent. I think so, you guys have been come. Have yeah, no, I, I think that's true, and, and and in a way that's good because with the uh, standard times, it's it's not there, but. Uh, you know, uh, again, I, I, I just yeah. wonder when you go home at night and you say your prayers and stuff, you say, gee, did I really, you know, do a, a good thing for the public? But, <laughs> you know, but, but through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault, I actually hurt uh, a person that I, you know, would have liked to see uh, retain his office. That's all. But it, but it just goes, show, it goes to show the... Uh, influence that station has and in particular you, you two guys have because you guys have pushed it in that way i think for the station i really appreciate that thank, thank you. you i appreciate okay, it nice. hey, hey, merry christmas my friend yeah have, a, have a good holiday thank you merry christmas happy hanukkah if it applies so i i yeah so i think mitchell's coming tomorrow but i do have an end of the year interview with jake ockenclaus congressman jake ockenclaus which, which i think will be a very I'm very su- good interview super excited about it uh i always have a good conversation with him um i'm you know reading his end of the year memo and a lot of the stuff that he's done uh just in his his second year of his first term in congress and he ran unopposed so um so we'll see uh marcus i i do think um you, you and i want to point out that we're actually the creation of Tim Weisberg um, oh, and, yeah, Michael, yeah, and Michael yeah, yeah, yeah. and Michael Rock and, and, and Mark Stokowski. Ca- yeah, exactly. That, that and and of course COVID. Yeah, yeah. what COVID and co- COVID. Yeah, COVID nineteen. <laughs> so, um, but but yeah, but so the, the guy who the rec- guy who ate the bat, right? So, the, yeah, the station recognized <laughs> that we um, this opportunity existed at night. Mm-hmm. And wanted to bring it back, and and again, it's it's a it's a commitment to local programming, and you can yeah. see with the addition of Adam Bass, who you recommended, uh, I did to yeah. be a local news guy for us for, yeah. for the station. I think he'll be a good contributor uh, to the to the uh, to to WBSM. So the whole product is getting better here. I think so. Um, it's worth the sleep deprivation, uh, <laughs> honestly, that I now have because I work nights. And you think, well, Marcus, you're out of 10. That's plenty of time. But, you know, when you have a good show, you're kind of wound up. And then right. you sit around, you think about it, you listen to the podcast again and all that. Right. Uh, we got time for one more call. Sure. Good evening. Hello. Marcus, what's up? What's up? Uncle Gerard. Hey, Uncle Gerard, what's up? I don't know. I'll see if you guys are taking any more calls. You're all done. Uh, we got uh, about thirty seconds. Oh, okay. Yeah. <clears throat> also, that's a negative or what? Well, you can you can I, talk. I'm just gonna mention that that Uncle T- uh, Tony is uh, my dad's cousin, and they used to have jam sessions every Tuesday. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you, know if you knew that. Uh, to- also, Tony Piedad and 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 uh, and um, and and your your father is Joe Farrow, who's inscribed on that guitar. Right. Yes. Right, and yeah. he made, and he also made a couple of guitars too, Tony. He made them. Oh, he did. Yeah, oh yeah. He actually is one of his big show pieces was a uh, he had a made a mandolin out of a lazy susan that was on somebody's table. Oh, that's pretty cool. That's yeah, awesome. And he, 